So in March, remember that we had Silicon Valley Bank. We, they failed. So did Signature Bank. And there was a real concern that other banks that had a large percentage of uninsured deposits, meaning a lot of people or organizations that had accounts that were above the FDIC limit of $250,000, that they would come under pressure. So since March, First Republic has really been in the spotlight, people very concerned about the viability of that bank. Flash forward to a week ago, last Monday, the First Republic Bank earnings call came out, and we found out that during the first three months of this year, just in the first three months of this year, of the bank's total $176 billion of deposits that were at the bank at the end of last year, $100 billion left, just walked out the door, went to other banks. That meant that the, the actual bank structure was faltering. It could not essentially make good on whatever remained in its depository base. Meaning, if we think about a deposit as a loan, essentially, right? If you put money in a bank, it's like you're lending the money bank to the bank, and the bank does something with it, lends it out to someone else. Mm -hmm. But if you see $100 billion of your $176 billion leave in just three months, you have no way to actually make good on whoever remains. There's a real problem. And so then over the weekend, we knew that this company was in trouble. The FDIC was working with other banks to try to see who could purchase this. And what became clear is that all the banks that were seeking to bid on the assets of First Republic thought it would be easier to wait until the FDIC seized the bank then buy the asset. And that's exactly what happened, that as of yesterday morning at around 4.30, there was this big announcement that J.P. Morgan Chase would buy the assets from the FDIC of the seized First Republic Bank. You know, the weird thing is, with all that whole story, if you had an account at First Republic Bank, you're one of their 84 branches, you would walk in yesterday, anytime, and you could get your money. So it was almost like no disruption to the customer. And that's kind of what you and, and other financial experts are, are trying to explain to people because, you know, I, I think the, the average person hears bank failure, and this is the third one that has happened here in the U.S. since March, and people hear that and freak out, and they're, all the banks are failing, what about my bank, is my money safe? But once again, you're telling people, it's okay, everything's going to be okay, right? Look, I understand that you could be freaked out. Everyone freaked out. It's not just you. We are all looking at this and saying, wait a second. Of the top four bank failures in the United States, in the history of the U.S., just by size of the, like the dollar amount, the number of assets, number one is Washington Mutual. That happened back in 2008. Two, three, and four have happened in the last eight weeks. Yeah. That's pretty stunning. So, of course, you're freaked out. I think the good news is that the banks today the big banks especially, are in very good financial shape because essentially all the rules that went into place in, 2000, in 2009, after 2010, I should say, after the financial crisis, those Dodd-Frank rules, those are actually very good and they really make it hard for the big banks to mess around and get into trouble. The problem is that the rules were relaxed in 2018 for some of the, let's call it the, the mid-sized banks, the Silicon Valley banks, the uh, First Republic, the rules were relaxed. And that had a very negative impact for us as consumers. It was good for the banks, 
right? The banks got to run around and do a little bit more lending. They didn't have quite as much scrutiny. But as consumers, we should always be concerned when we hear this. Oh, it's going to be easier to make loans. It's going to be easier to conduct business because that may be so. But with that ease comes a little more risk to the overall system. And we should just be aware of it. doesn't mean you can't make sure that banks can do business. But, you know, all that business that was being done had a price. And now we're seeing what some of that price was because we really need strong federal oversight, especially with the banking system, because banking is one of those businesses that is completely based on confidence. Once we lose confidence, oof, it's tough to get it back. Well, going off of that, uh, are there any other banks right now that are that are super vulnerable? I mean, is there a possibility that this could happen again? I don't want to say it's never going to happen again because, you know what, banks do fail, right? Yeah. And, and that's really important. We have a system that is set up to make sure that when a bank fails, it doesn't take the whole system down. Um, But, you know, look, bad management plus lax oversight really does lead to many an accident. And I think that was the toxic combination at some of these banks. Are there other banks out there that are going to be under pressure? Sure. I don't think that there's one that's right this second teetering on the edge. But, you know, oftentimes what can happen is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. People looked at First Republic Bank and they said, oh, it looks kind of like Silicon Valley Bank. It wasn't nearly as bad, but it did kind of look like it. The stock price of First Republic right before March, the March Silicon Valley Bank run, was at 115 bucks a share. By last Friday, it was at $3.50 a share. Oh, wow. So sometimes the jitters of the equity investors, the stockholders, can really spur problems in the overall marketplace. One last question for you, Jill, because as we've gone throughout 2023, the word recession keeps popping up, and some people are worried that we will hit a recession and things will get worse before they get better here in 2023 when it comes to the economy here in the U.S. How much does, if a recession happens, looking at the future of banks, how much does that play a role? Uh, You know, look, uh, I think that a recession is likely given right where we are right now. Interest rates are high. We start a two-day Federal Reserve meeting today. And we're, you know, over the last 15 months, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates from zero. And if they raise again tomorrow, it'll be five to five and a quarter percent. It's very rare that we go through a period where we have such a rapid rise in interest rates and not see a slowdown that morphs into a recession. So that's the most likely scenario, but it's not a fait complete. And you know what? If you're really worried about a recession, here's what you need to do. You ready? Take a deep breath, beef up your emergency reserve fund and try to pay down your high-interest credit card and auto loan debt. That's it. That's all you can do.